0: Order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. Please order my steps in your word. Come on, everybody say it. Please order my steps in your word. If you want them to do it, Please say it. Please oh. order my steps in your word. Thank you, Lord, honor Lord. What you want Please from me, Lord steps in your word. Hallelujah Please Come on <laughs> One more time Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look at somebody and just tell them it could have been me. Oh, you didn't say it like look at someone else and tell them it could have been me. Outdoors with no shoes and no clothes. All alone without a friend or just another number with a tragic end but he didn't see fit to let none of these things be but every day by his power he keeps on blessing me you ought to just say thank you Lord by God. Thank you. If, if I have a moment with you, yeah, that, that's it right there. You're going to make me want to sing it. Without homes, people in the street, and the drug habit, some say, they just can't be. Muggers and robbers, no place seems to be safe, but you've been my protection every step of the way, and I wanna say, have been me no food no clothes or left alone without a friend or just another number with a tragic end but you didn't see fit let none of these things be because every day by your power Ah, you keep on keeping. You didn't seize it. let none of these things be everyday by your power heaven and just say thank you Lord. Ah. Father we bless you and we say thank you Lord for all you've done for us. We ask that you have your way and speak in this place. Move by your spirit and by your power and by your might, In Jesus Hallelujah! Come on, put your hands together and honor God. I didn't, I didn't intend to sing this morning. I just, yeah. Here it is. I want to just lift up Isaiah 58 just going to read verse 12, we've been in this for a moment, Isaiah 58, verse 12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. From the, new, from the New King James Version, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called repairers of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. For the next few moments, I want to talk from this the fourth iteration of this sermon, bounce back better. Bounce back better. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades. The word of our God lasts forever. Let the word of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My strength and my redeemer. Amen. Many of you probably already know this. but yesterday marked the 79th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz uh, camp in Poland. 79 years, there were 20 persons who were survivors who were there to celebrate. Some of you were children when that camp was liberated. That day marked now the anniversary and the remembrance of the nearly six million Jews who were killed by the Nazis in the Holocaust. A mass murder of people. Some just killed outright, others sent to gas chambers. Some starved, some died in the cold. We live in a world that has seen mass death. We live in a world that sees men and women who have become more and more visibly anti the other. As they mock that great horrific crime, one person spoke these words, we have to stay visible stay audible against anti-Semitism, against racism, against misanthropy, and for our democracy. The words are correct and they are powerful, but those are not the only things that are hurting us and that still pain us as people. Because there is anti, well, how do I want to phrase this? Some of y'all are not going to like what I'm going to say, so let me do it nicely. There is anti-LBGTQI+, better known as homophobia. There's Islamophobia. There's sexism. There's classism there's even militarism. And in this nation now, more than ever, black and brown people are being treated worse than ever before. And it appears to me that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ has found its way to pick up on issues that only relate what salvation is about. As though the only thing we need to preach from Jesus' gospel message is the saving of the soul. We miss the ethic of love that bottomed the message of God. I'll trouble you today by telling you that we must preach the gospel, but not a partial gospel, the whole gospel. The gospel that remembers the lost, the least, the left behind, and those who are lagging on the margins of this society. The gospel that cares about the homeless, the unhoused, or those who are under housed. The gospel that cares about those whose bellies are made hungry from a lack of food. The gospel that cares about those who've been locked away in prison for what others are going away on vacation for. A gospel that cares how one treats one scheduled narcotic as a major crime and another narcotic is treated as almost somebody walking in the park. A gospel that cares about the exploitation of individuals, A gospel that realizes that God cares for more than your Sunday morning soul, but how your body will function every day of the week. We live in a world where each of us has seen the horrors with our own eyes, of the attack of October 7th by Hamas on Israel. And each of us have been moved by that outrageous, egregious act. But each of us also should be able to see and say, I believe in the safety of Israel. I believe in their right to exist. But I also believe that babies do not deserve to be bombed. I also believe that hospitals have to be off limits. I also believe that there's justice and then there's vengeance. And I always want to be on the side of justice. That I can hold two thoughts. You know, when I, um, whenever I'm put in a position to protect my family, and I've been put there and I've been protected by my family, my wife in particular, always in my mind has always been, how do we act justly in this situation? Not how do I get my way? Because whenever justice gets to be just us, it's no longer justice, it's selfish. My heart has to bleed for the hostages. Over a hundred days, they've been underground in, in horrific conditions, and I do believe they've been abused. And I pray God even now for the release of the captives. But I also have to pray that famine. And starvation and disease and death will not overtake the innocent while we try to hold the guilty for their wickedness. Both things can be right in a just world. Here's what. We must learn how, as people, to bounce back better from every crisis, from every situation. As we saw even in our own city, our sister church there in Engaging Heaven suffered a catastrophic loss. Their building literally collapsed and imploded. On the left is a picture of the former building the way it looked. On the right is a picture of how it stood a few hours ago. But now even those towers are down. But you know what? Instead of just simply sitting here lamenting that loss, we also have to think about the praise God is due. Because it was only a few days earlier they were worshiping in there. And had that tower fell during worship, we would be mourning in the city we gotta figure out how do we bounce back better what is God calling us to as the people of God I believe that God has given to us a grace filled message filled with love and generosity and that in this story which culminates in the birth and life of Jesus, we find some nuggets to help us bounce back better. I, As a community now, I'm talking a communal revival, a communal rebounding. I'm talking about the rebounding of people who have been down so long, the bounce is out of there. Three things I want to offer today, three things. The first two I've touched on in other ways, so I will not linger there. I'll linger and put my tent on the third point, so give me a moment. The first of which is, I believe that God was calling them to sincere reverence. Sincere reverence. Sincere reverence is the kind of reverence you give to God that is no longer lip service. Because we say a lot of things with our lips, but our hearts are far from. It is no accident that Bible teaches us that God promised to give us a new tongue because what God wanted us to get is another way of living our lives in community with each other, both in praise to him and in conversation with one another. It is no surprise that sincere worship and sincere reverence means that I will hold God as the sin qua non, that's simply Latin for the without which there is nothing. For God is my everything. When I grew up in church, my, 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 the old church would sing, God is the joy and the strength of my life. He moves all pain. Misery is strife. He promised to keep me, never to leave me. He's never ever come short of his word. I've got to fast and pray stay in his narrow way. I've got to keep my life clean every day. I want to go with him when he comes back. I've come too far and I'll never turn back. Or All you old saints ought to know the next words. God is. God is. Come on, somebody say God is. Oh, yes, he is. God is my all. Is there anybody that loves him in here? Is there anybody that loves God? Is there anybody that loves the Lord? Is there anybody that worships him? Is there anybody that reverences his presence? Hallelujah! the second thing the second thing is spiritual righteousness and I've touched on it so I I won't stay but spiritual righteousness is when I move beyond the motions I move beyond going through the motions let me say it again I move beyond perfunctory worship. I'm going to help somebody. I, I, you know, I know we prompt you sometimes to lift your hands, but every now and then, when you feel the presence of God, don't wait till somebody says lift your hands. Go ahead and just say, I, "I'm not here just to be here. I came to worship my God. I, I came for a spiritual relationship, and I want to have this." Uh, glory. Spiritual righteousness means I'm not just going to give up food and fast. I'm going to give up food because I'm looking for something from God. I'm looking for a miracle and I expect the impossible. I know the sky is the limit to what I can have and I want a spiritual righteousness. Righteousness. He he accused them. He said, You are fasting and looking like you're fasting. So you put on garments, sackcloth, and ashes to look like you're fasting. He said, But the truth is, you were pretending. Not that you didn't give up the food, but it wasn't a real fast. Cause what you couldn't do, you made somebody else do. What you couldn't do because of the law, you asked someone else to do the same thing because they didn't worship your God. Instead of helping them to walk in reverence to your God, you gave up your righteousness getting someone to do your bidding for you because you knew it wasn't right. And he says, I'm looking for something better from you. I don't want old R&B singer called the Great Pretenders. I don't want the Great Pretenders. I, I want people that love me. Worship me. Can I, can I say this? This is going to mess up my mind. No matter what you're wearing. Yeah. Whether you got on your Sunday go to meeting clothes. You got on your stay at home hangout clothes. I want folk that are going to be righteous regardless of garments. Because I tell preachers all the time you can put a robe on that don't make you sanctified. The reality is, it's more than outward appearances. I want my inward to be greater than my outward so that my inward can be seen as my outward. I want you to see me in the grocery store and look, look at me from hours away and say, you know, that guy must probably go to church. That's, that, he did something different about that person. I, I want you to see me jogging down the street. Uh, I'll be walking fast. I want you to see me moving down the street and say, that's somebody that loved the Lord. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> here, 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 I'm gonna I'm, I'm hurry, I'm gonna hurry. It's spiritual righteousness. But but finally, the, the third one, where we're gonna rest for a few minutes, so don't, don't think I'm closing in a hurry. Stay with me, because I got an A and B underneath here. And I know you think it's time to go home, just hold on. The third point is social responsibility. See, you see, what what he is teaching them there is a social gospel. He's saying to them that the good news of who you are in God means that everybody around you is blessed because of you. Oh, y'all missed it. Come on here everybody around you is blessed because of you i i can't promise you gonna eat tomorrow but if you're with me you're gonna eat today i uh, i took some of my, my deacons we went on a trip we went to go preach somewhere and uh so we were there and uh, we're going to dinner and they're looking at me i said no no we are going to dinner and one of my things said, well, I'm not eating. I said, no, when you're at home and you're not with me, that might be a choice. But right now, we're in fellowship. And you know what he did? He took his happy behind and sat right down. <laughs> what, what are you saying, Reverend? Because, see, all I can do is what I can, when you're close to me. You have to be blessed. Wait a minute. I can't walk by you and see you with a need and not say, "Can I bless you?" No, I may not be able to fulfill all your needs. I I may not be able to buy you groceries for 2 or 3 months, but I can get you a happy meal. I promise you, I can get you This is a run-on sentence. I tell you that all up front because I know that Deacon S. Williams is sitting right here. And she's a grammarian. So I want her to know. I got a, a superintendent. I got, listen, y'all are here. I'm telling you it's run-on. Enjoy it. Here it is. Acceptance of a social gospel is an awareness that there is no true spiritual discipline without devotion and there's no real devotion without deeds. See, don't tell me you've practiced the spiritual disciplines of fasting and prayer and all that. There's no true spiritual discipline without devotion, the righteousness, the reverence of God, and there's no real devotion to God without deeds. We'll know you by the fruit you bear. You see, what God is calling them to is an understanding of social liberation. Social liberation, that's my A, social liberation. In other words, he's saying it's not good enough for you to be my chosen people and to be free and then treat other folk like trash. It's not good enough for you to be blessed and put burdens on other people. It's not good enough for you to go out and have and not at least be concerned about the Mm have-nots. Liberation means social justice. And the church has got to be involved in the social justice ministry. We have got to be concerned about others. Preach watch I'm trying to watch this because I'm, I'm I'm I've got something to share with you in just a moment. Listen, I know this is a liberation message to them, and I know they understood the liberation uh, implications because they had been reared with them as a part of the foundation of their very existence. Watch this: every seven years, they were to make a release. So that if you held someone in debt to you for seven years, at the seventh year, you had to let them go. You had to free them. See, y'all missed it. Because God didn't want them to bear debt burden continuously over generation to generation. And then after the 49th year into the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, that had to be an exceptional release of debt Dead and of all harm done, even of slaves everybody had to be set free the freedom and liberation see liberation is the act or fact of gaining equal rights or full social or economic opportunities for a particular people what God wants is for us to be concerned about liberation Okay, so y'all think I made that up. I know I would too. Especially if you don't want to do it. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Bible scholars, walk with me. Verses 1 and 2. This is the way of the release. Every creditor shall release that which he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor and his brother because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Every seven years, all debts are to be released. The people are admonished to care for the poor. Hebrew servants are to be released and given gifts during the seventh year. The first males of the herds and the flocks are the Lord's. Wait a minute. They knew. They were living and serving a God that believed in liberation. And what God called them on is, you can't say you're serving me and not serve my agenda. Okay, come on. When he said, this is not the fast I want. In other words, this ain't what I'm looking for. I'm, You know, um, I'm going to be personal here, and I'm going to try and do it in a way that don't get me in trouble. And the first thing my wife looked at me and said, all right, watch yourself. She may not have said it, but them eyes. See? I'm going to tell you, every year I try my best. I start in the summer because her birthday comes in August. I'll be trying to figure out what you want. So Christmas time, I really work hard. So by September, because August is a birthday, so the next month I start working on Christmas. I can't tell y'all how many gifts i bought over the years. I have tried and failed more times than I've succeeded. Oh, I've been giving good gifts. I give good gifts. I ain't talking about no washing machine either. I get. give good gifts. I give good gifts. <laughs> I do. Always. So this year, I asked the kids, send them all the texts, the little, little group chat I got with the children, just just for this purpose. If you go back and ever have to look at it, all you'll see is me asking, what, what, what does mommy want? <laughs> watch this, watch this. So this year, I said, I asked the kids, I don't know, she didn't say anything to me. I, Christina in Seattle, I don't know, she didn't say anything. Christina, you talk. Your mom for three hours, she ain't say nothing. Okay, Benjamin, okay, he ain't gonna tell me nothing. So I'm, I'm asking, I'm trying. So then I start to just listen. So for three months, all I did was listen and write notes. If she says something, I said, Ooh she looked in the uh, my coat not warming Where? What? Y- y'all that's Scooby Doo for you young people so watch this now watch this so I went out and I got all the things I thought she wanted y'all <laughs> I could cry right now I finally got it right I'm gonna tell you how I knew I got it right. I wouldn't show you the recording, back I, I I had to record it, I was so excited. There she was, just dancing from side to side with the gift. Now to me, it wasn't all that. Y'all hear me? But guess what the difference was? It was what she wanted. If you give somebody what you want them to have, you're happy. But if you give them what they want, they're happy. Oh, y'all, y'all probably can see where I'm going. God said, don't give me what you want me to have. This is the fast that I want. I want you to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, and to house those that are unhoused. You want to get a smile on my face? You want to make me happy? You want me to bless you? Bless me with what I want. Take care of people. Okay. Okay. So, 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 I'm, I'm almost done. I really am. So how do I know what God is saying here is what Jesus was going to say there? And how can I add this to Jesus? Okay, those of you who are Bible scholars in here have probably definitely read uh, Isaiah 61, which is the same thing in a different version of the Isaiah 58. Some of the same implications are there. Now, if you read the Bible well enough, and some of you have, you will go to Luke chapter 4 right about now. And when you get to Luke chapter 4, you will then see Jesus coming down from temptation and trial. And the first thing he does is he goes to the synagogue. When he gets to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, what Jesus does, this is Luke chapter 4, he gets to the synagogue and he is asked to read and he rolls out the scroll. And what he does is he reads the place from Isaiah 61, which is almost exactly like what we're reading in this 58th chapter. The same claims for commitment are here. Watch this. Here's what Jesus reads. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Messiah, if you will. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release. That is pardon. Forgiveness to captives the recovery of sight to the blind and to set set those free who are oppressed downtrodden, bruised crushed by tragedy and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord the day when the salvation of God and the favor of God would abound greatly the real message of Jesus is liberation Y'all are still working with me, so let me let me let me press my claim. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna there. so the first part of it is liberation, but you can't do liberation without love. So the A is liberation under social responsibility, but the B is love. Cause see, I know a whole lot of folk that'll do stuff for you, but they're part while they're doing it. Make me no eggs mad. Don't, 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 don't. Keep them eggs. I You you can, ha- you can have that chicken. You. Uh, I don't, mm, mm, mm. no no no. from social liberation, one has to have the strength to love. And here, I'm getting ready to to turn the corner towards the close of the message now. So, Bishop, how does that relate to the text? Well, because see, when you love people, blessing people makes you feel good. I told you just now that when my wife was happy at what I gave her for Christmas I could cry because when you love people blessing people blesses you oh yeah listen listen now here John chapter 13 verse 34 35 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna holler I'm gonna try and stay calm when I say do this Jesus says to them, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you too are to love one another. And he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you show love. Okay, okay, yeah, y'all don't get that. Okay, watch this. They, they try to test Jesus. They say, they say, JC, um, yeah, they, they, they try to get him. They try to get him. They, they try to get him. They, 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 he had silenced everybody. And since he had silenced them, Matthew chapter 22 tells this story that someone comes up to him, a young lawyer who was an expert in Mosaic law. Verse 35, he he says that he asked Jesus the question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, the whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two things. I'm going to leave you with this one. Um, four, Four national... Baptist conventions got together this week in Memphis, Tennessee. At this convention in Memphis, Tennessee, they, they stood together with one another, and they, um, they decided that they would come together. So this is the National Baptist Convention USA, National Baptist Convention of America, the National Baptist Convention, um, a Primitive Baptist Convention, and the Progressive Baptist Convention all of whom were all part of each other at one point or another, all Baptists, all African-American or mixed BIPOC folk. Listen, they get together for this convention and the primitive Baptist brother got up and said something that, that caught my attention because it reminded me of something we did here when we opened the Family Life Center. All of them celebrated everything and were really happy to have all of the joint boards meeting at one time. Historically, a sister preached and turned the house out. Uh, Dr. Gina Stewart just was awesome. Now, now here, here's the kicker. The brother stood up and he says, um, he says there are traditionally two ordinances of the church that the Baptist church uh, actually adhered to. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And every good Baptist knows that. But there's a third ordinance that Jesus gave that the early church did and some churches stopped doing, but my primitive Baptist brother still do it. And he walked up and said... The third ordinance of the church is the washing of feet. (sighs) Okay, some of y'all, because we don't talk about this much, you probably don't even know it's in the Bible. It's in John chapter 13. In John 13, verse 3, he says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had put everything in his hands, and that he had come from God and was now returning to God, got up from the supper, took off his outer robe, and taking a servant's towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began washing the disciples' feet and wiping them with the towel which was tied around his waist. He said, uh, I'm still talking about my... brother here he said uh, in our church we don't do it like we used to in years ago for sanitary purpose we we have a kit we give out to people who wash feet inside the kit are gloves and there's a towel and there's sanitary wipes afterwards and he said "Um, i bought a kit with me because he said brother presidents i want to wash your feet See, see, y'all, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. So let, me see if I can, let me see if I can get it back to you. You see, what this is is intimate humility. You don't get any closer to anybody than to get down on your knees and wash their gnarly feet. You don't get any closer to anybody than to touch their bunions and their cords. You don't get any closer to anybody than to wash their feet. And what that says is, I'm not too big to get down before you and to show you love and respect and honor. And I honor God you or oh, I'm not asking y'all to start washing feet, but I am asking you that each of us realize that the only way that this world bounces back better is that all of us function in a deep level of humility, realizing that we've been blessed by the grace of God and we can make the world a better place if we learn how to be humble and to show ourselves like Jesus, to be like Jesus. Oh, how I want to be like him. So meek and holy, so humble and holy. Oh, how I want to be like him. And each of us have to be humble enough to share our faith at a deep level recognizing the humanity of the other and the care and the world can be made better by the believer that is better hallelujah come on give God a praise. I love you Jesus I worship and adore you Just want to tell you Lord I love you More than anything Come on say it with me y'all I love you Jesus The doors of church open. I worship and the door. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. More than anything. Come on, let's say it again. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I worship. just well, want to tell you, Lord, I love you. Lord, me... maybe there's somebody who wishes to come if you're here this day and you wish to unite with this church and you wish for me to be your pastor your bishop your friend you can come right now if you're online call me write me right now I extend an invitation to you just want to tell you Lord, I love you More than anything Come on, I love you, I love you, I love you I love you I worship and adore you I worship and adore you Just want to tell you Lord, I love you. I love you. I I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Well, God bless you. We're getting ready to bless the offering. I'm going to invite you to get your offering in your hand. You may take your seats when you do this. Get your offering in your hand. Whatever God has laid on your heart, you can give by your personal device assistant, your telephone, your PDA, whatever you have. Cash app, Giveify, or you can write a check for your tithes and your offering and we're going to be generous with God and we're going to be generous with humanity. I don't know what engaging heaven needs to help them. But I do know that our diaconate and I we reached out to them to let them know that we're available and we offered them the use of our sanctuary. We 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 right here. We're not going anywhere. Amen. They uh, pulled our diaconate. They were More than happy to be a blessing. But whatever, as they get along and they figure out what they're doing, we're going to be there to help them rebuild. Amen. Because that's who we are. We are Shiloh. Amen. So here's, get your offering for God. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Be meet in my house. Prove me not where it was said, Lord, host. Father, open the windows of heaven for our blessings. You have room enough not to receive. Hold your offering in your hand or hold your device in your hand. And, uh, and let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We return to the kingdom of God, that which you blessed us with. We ask that you would use it for the uplift of the kingdom and the tearing down of Satan. Return it unto your people a hundred plus fold. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.